This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. Today's date, 10 November, is an important day. Some of you may already know that, but I'm going to explain it to you in detail. But before I do, I want to share two stories with you. Many years ago, there was an epic battle that unfolded in a dense forest in northern France. Very famous battles, the Battle of Bella Wood, World War II. It was so intense and ferocious that nothing was left alive on the battlefield. Not a single tree stood fully intact by the time the fighting was over. The scale of the destruction was unmanageable, and most people have never experienced something like that. After the Germans had defeated the Russians, they mobilized an incredible 50 divisions on the Western Front. The goal was to defeat the Americans, and they mobilized this, this vast force to do that. Their initial attack was uh, very successful. They created a hole in the front, which set up what seemed like a certain victory against the Allies. The Germans were on their way to take Paris at that time. The Germans underestimated the resolve of the United States Marines. In the dead of the night, a ragtag division consisting of three Marine regiments went on a a late-night forced march over six miles to confront the German forces. There was no negotiations or peace talks, that's for sure. The Germans unleashed an onslaught on the American Marines and was so relentless that even the French commanders ordered Allied forces to retreat. But the Marine commander refused to yield, and instead he commanded his Marines to hold the line. And hold the line they did. Wave after wave, the German units assaulted the Marines, one after the other. This kept pounding, pounding on those Marine units. Despite being heavily outnumbered and surrounded, the Marines refused to break ranks. There's a saying you might have heard of, smooth seas don't make good sailors, and the same applies to war. Easy battles don't forge great warriors. Marines are accustomed to this kind of adversity, always underfunded, always assigned the dirtiest tasks, always the first to go in, but yet always reliable. You're not going to find any stories of Marines surrendering, I'll tell you that, and Bella Woods was no exception. The Germans made a grave mistake in challenging the Marines, and they failed to account for one simple truth. The impenetrable tenacity of these Marines and their unwavering determination to fight to the death. The fighting at Bellwood was so brutal, uh, and even though the Marines successfully captured Hill 142, a very prominent point in the battle, almost all the Marines from that battalion died in the process. The last surviving Marines on top of that hill would have looked out on top of a mountain of fallen Marines and defeated Germans like a heaping mass gravesite. The intensity of the battle drove the Marines to fix bayonets, ready to engage in close quarters combat. In one account by Gunnery Sergeant Jansen, his position was attacked by 12 Germans, 12 Germans on top of him. With swift and lethal precision, he killed two with his bayonet, and the rest ran off. Imagine this, one Marine with a bayonet fights off 12 Germans. He became the first American in World War I to be awarded the Medal of Honor. The Germans, who had been decimating Europe and and Russia, were left stunned by the 
ferocity of the Marines. The Germans relied heavily on methamphetamines to motivate their troops. They couldn't comprehend how these Marines were able to to go on so relentlessly, so tirelessly, so fearlessly, without any hesitation. To the Germans, it seemed inhumane. Some even reported witnessing Marines howling and biting at German soldiers during the chaos of the battle. These reports, these are not just uh, anecdotes. Some of the German troops were so traumatized, they were deemed unfit for future combat. It was because of these harrowing experiences that the Germans bestowed upon the Marines Teufelhunden, or hellhounds. If you delve into the historical records of that time, the depictions of these creatures are truly bizarre. Now, there's people that say that these uh, stories are just folklore or myths that uh, were designed to bolster a certain narrative, uh, you know, adding some kind of credibility that the Marines otherwise didn't have, embellishing, you might say. Some people have even suggested that the Marines themselves have propagated these tales. Well, we don't know the truth, but we do know this, one thing for certain. The only beings that emerged from those woods alive were a few indomitable Marines. And as the saying goes, mess around and find out. The Germans weren't the first, and they won't be the last to underestimate the unwavering fighting capability of the United States Marines. Whatever it was that gave the strength to those Marines— They were able to defeat a massively larger force of combat-experienced fighters. The Marines on on that battlefield had been bombarded with artillery, mowed down with heavy machine guns, and even gassed with some of the most expansive use of mustard gas in World War I. But the Marines never relented, even under those conditions. And this is where the the name Tufo-Hunden comes from. The spirit of man so physically and mentally beaten that he has nothing left. Every single comfort known on earth stripped of these men, forced to endure some of the most hideous conditions ever known to man. It was so bad that the French ran. The Germans were so tormented that they they gave the Marines a new name. And had the Marines lost there, it probably would have led to the fall of Paris. That wasn't the Marines' concern. How does a a human being not just survive in these conditions, but thrive in them? It requires a different state, an animalistic state that most people would never recognize as human. Somebody once said, you try pulling a pig out of the mud, and after a while you realize they like it in the dirt. Marines are the same, happy with our faces in the dirt where we belong, happy when we're dirty and the only way out is to fight out. One of the Marines who was there was a young first sergeant with a name that every Marine knows, Dan Daly. He uttered the famous line while making what appeared to be a suicide mission to attack the Germans. He said, come on, you son of a bitches. You don't want to live forever, do you? That line speaks to the mentality of the Marines. Better to be dead than acquiesce. Barely 30 years would pass from that battle and destiny would once again beckon the Marines. But this time it was not to hold the line. It was to make a hole in what seemed to be an impenetrable wall. The Pacific Island campaigns unfolded as ruthless battles where small outcrops of hardened rock emerged from a vast ocean, creating a a misleading title of islands. Barren and remote, these seemingly insignificant pieces of land held a strategic importance that defied imagination. Why would the Japanese fight so fiercely fiercely? 
to defend these desolate pieces of rock. The answer lay in the vital role that these islands played as critical refueling stations serving as lifelines for crossing the vast expanse of the Pacific Ocean. Critical to trade at that time and even now. With control over those islands, Japan dominated the shipping routes that crisscrossed the Pacific. Reluctant, uh, the United States found no other option after the attack on Pearl Harbor. And the United States had to penetrate this fortress of the islands. So the Marines were called on once again. And with unwavering determination, the Marines embarked on this relentless mission to seize control of these islands. Inch by inch, they had to fight. Among these battles, the name Iwo Jima would forever be etched in the annals of history. It was a battle that witnessed the horrors captured on film like no other battle. More more footage taken of that battle than any other battle. Accounts speak to the sheer intensity of this conflict as Marines waded ashore from ships, seeking refuge in some cases behind the lifeless bodies of their fallen Marines. Pinned down on the unforgiving shore, in some cases the only cover coming from dead bodies. It was a testament paid the price that they paid for each step forward. But these accounts of Marines hiding behind the bodies of fallen Marines fail to capture the full truth. If you look closer at the photos and videos, you'll witness a different scene unfolding. Amidst all this chaos, there's a few Marines that made it, standing on the beach next to piles of bodies. None of those bodies washed up on the shore and into those piles by themselves. No, it was their fellow Marines who carried them, a solemn duty and embodied in the unbreakable bond that we share. The Marines who faced the enemy at Iwo Jima confronted a force far greater in number, deeply entrenched within the unforgiving terrain of a rocky island that offered no respite. They braved the treacherous waters, swimming or wading hundreds of yards to reach the shore, only to be met with relentless waves of machine gun fire. But with the Marine spirit, they fought their way forward, securing positions on the island. But their duty didn't end there. When the battle was over, they turned back, collecting the falling with unwavering resolve. For the Marines, leaving our own behind is inconceivable. It's a creed that we live by. We don't leave our own. And so at Iwo Jima, not a single Marine was abandoned. Imagine those Marines returning home then, after this incredible conquest, and expecting to be hailed for your sacrifices and unwavering perseverance, but instead you find yourself confronted with a distortive narrative, one that accuses you of hiding behind the lifeless bodies of your fallen brothers. And yet, amidst the shadows of doubt, there is a memorial on Iwo Jima, a memorial there for the Marines, a testament to their valor and bravery. If you take a look, this is a small memorial off of a dirt road hidden behind a hardware store overgrown with weeds. The face of this unimaginable adversity of the Marines of Iwo Jima are still a beacon of courage and resilience. Their story, one of triumph and sacrifice, transcends the limitations of words. It is a testament to the human spirit forged in the crucible of war that defies comprehension. These battles, they fade over time, the memories dim, believe the last living veteran of Iwo Jima has died. But the legacy of the Marines who fought and fell at Iwo Jima will forever endure, a reminder of the spirit that resides within the hearts 
of those who answer the call to be a United States Marine. Why do I tell you these stories? They're not just stories. They're the essence of our history. They define us as a nation, as a society, and as individuals. And when these stories are not properly told or when they're distorted or forgotten, it attacks the very foundation of our society. It brings into question everything we hold dear, everything we believe in. It's our sacred honor, our sacred duty to preserve the truth of our long and proud history so that our way of life will be preserved in the same way. In commemoration of the Marine Corps' birthday on 10 November, let us reflect deeply on the profound significance of this occasion. It was not in the sterile confines of a boardroom or some Washington think tank or a war college that the Marine Corps was born. It was none of those places. It was a bar. Marine Corps was born in a bar, the humble walls of Tun Tavern in Philadelphia, a place where camaraderie and courage flowed freely like the drinks poured before. A commitment was made in that bar, a commitment that many people will never understand, from those early Marines who fought valiantly at the Battle of Trenton against the British. There was a legacy that was forged, and it's endured through the ages. Born in a bar, orphans of a nation in need, reborn into something more than men, becoming half man, half dog, absolute beasts on the battlefield. These battles fought so that those we love would not have to fight. Those who can't wouldn't have to. The Marine Corps, with its unwavering spirit, never asks for much. But there is one thing that every Marine prays for, and that is the preservation of this legacy. For every individual Marine will come and go in their due time. It is the hope that the Marine Corps will live on forever, carrying with it the honor, the sacrifice, and the unwavering loyalty of those who have answered the call to serve. Marines past and present embody the very essence of Semper Fidelis, always faithful. Let us honor this courage, dedication, and noble sacrifices. May this spirit continue to inspire generations to come. So on this special day, 10 November, as we celebrate the birth of the Marine Corps, let us remember the battles that have been fought and the sacrifices that have been made. And let us pay tribute to the unwavering commitment in the face of unimaginable adversity. And let us never forget that the legacy of the Marines is not just a story. It is a testament to the resilience and strength of the human spirit. Happy birthday, Marines. Suis sponte, non defice, semper fidelis.